Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part three in our series, Walking Our Faith, Acts of Love. And as we start today's show, listen to this quote from Napoleon Hill. He said, great achievement is usually born of great sacrifice and is never the result of selfishness. Mm. Something to ponder Mm -hmm. as we're talking about acts of love. But first, we start each One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the One family, someone whose marriage has been changed by what they've learned here. And this week's hug is brought to you by the One Marriage Conference. We're going to be telling you more about these life-changing events a little bit later in the show. The hug came in from an email where she starts out saying, I was searching for a podcast about Christian-based weight loss motivation. Wow. There's a search term and came across a podcast called Confessions of a Terrible Husband. I've heard of that one. On that podcast, the host interviewed a couple that said their number one resource is your podcast. Love them. I was a little overwhelmed that I was already 519 episodes behind, but the premise of your show sounded intriguing to me. I wasn't searching for marriage advice as my husband and I get along so well. I was hooked after listening to two of your shows. And as a man, I assumed my husband would be on board with learning more about how to have a great sex life. Little did I know at the time, but we weren't doing so well in that area of our lives. Oh, wow. Okay. After we both listened to episodes one to three, we had a discussion and I asked, do you identify with anything Tony said, especially in episode three? His answer, everything. Mm. Wow. What an eye opener. This was a pivotal moment for us. Do we do something or do we just continue being lazy? After talking it out, we decided to follow your advice with three days of initiating per spouse. I'm not going to- Per week per spouse. Per week per spouse. Yeah. There you go. I'm not going to go into detail, but I have to tell you, our intimacy last night was greater than any other time in our marriage, even the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you for taking a leap of faith and starting in this podcast. Thank you for helping the average couple become the extraordinary couple. Thank you for sharing your intimate lives with us so that we may learn more about our own intimacy. Dude, dig it. I love it. And we're truly blessed and honored to have you part of the one family, both of you. I mean, three episodes, boom. Breakthrough, starting the intimacy lifestyle, having the best sex. I mean, and and I will have to say, I think honeymoon sex is way overrated. I think as you get to know your spouse and you get to know their body and they get to know yours and that that touch and that feel, the sex is better, I believe, as you get older. 23 years into this thing, I still think we're having the best sex of our married lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how many people do you know that have been married two decades that actually say their sex life is better than when it started? Many in the one family. I was going to say, as soon as I said that, I'm like, Ooh, there are a whole lot in the one family that would say me, 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 me. And so to all of you that are raising your hand and saying me, we applaud you for being so intentional about your marriage and just taking action around that. 
You know, we're in this series on walking our faith. And so far we've talked about getting started, which was about our journey and beliefs about spiritual intimacy. And today we're talking about acts of love. And you may or may not be familiar with the verse John three sixteen. I mean, sometimes you can see it flashed at the end zone at a football game or, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen, you know, athletes with it like under their, where they, like in the eye black underneath mm-hmm. their eyes or, you know, people have it tattooed. It's all over. Wristbands. Wristbands. And the verse says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And it's an interesting verse to think that, you know, that type of love because whether if, if you're a parent or if you know children that you're close to, you know that the love between a parent and child, the love that a parent has for their child is immense. Mm-hmm. When, when that idea of sacrificing a child, of saying, you know what, I, I love these people so much that I will sacrifice my child to draw them close to me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can be almost overwhelming. I mean, we lost a child 14 years ago, almost 15 years ago now. And, and I will tell you that the pain that comes from the loss of a child is immense. It truly is. And so, you know, as we looked at this week and said, okay, how, how do we share this idea of acts of love tied into faith? Mm-hmm. It's looking at this idea of how do you demonstrate sacrificially to your spouse? How is it not just about like, like the little things like, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and they were sharing, well, you know, every time my wife goes to the store, it, she, you know, she brings me back my favorite candy bar, my favorite ice cream. And, and those are definitely acts of love, not to minimize those. However, what does it look like for your spouse to know that you would give that which is most precious to you, knowing that it might not be treated in the way that you want it to be? Mm-hmm. Right. Because here's the thing. We, we give gifts all the time, right? We do things for other people. We give people things and they don't do it or treat it or care for it in exactly the same way that we would. And sometimes that can tweak us, right? It, it can irritate us. It oh, can, totally. I mean, you might see it with your kids where you like give them something like, let's just say a toy when they're younger, or, you know, that you give them a gift and they just kind of toss it. I distinctly remember a Christmas one year when our son got so many presents that he was just overwhelmed. And so like he would literally rip off the wrapping paper. And after about the third present, he just walked out of the room. Family had given him all these gifts and he wasn't interested. And they're like, why isn't he showing appreciation? I'm like, well, first of all, he's two, right? So he doesn't get it. And secondly, it, he just, he doesn't have the same value. Mm-hmm. That we do. And we recently did this episode on love languages. It was episode 522. And after that, I was having a conversation with one of my coaching couples. And this is all comes into this idea of showing love and demonstrating love. And the wife said to her husband, she had this huge revelation. You could literally see the light bulb. And she said, I've been loving you in the way that I want to be loved. Mm-hmm. Not in the way, or I've been loving you in that way. And you haven't felt loved. It's been this futile effort. Like I keep trying to you know, do this for you and you're just not responding. And you don't feel loved. And I'm feeling a little bit put off by the fact that you're not feeling loved. And she got to this realization of saying, I've been taking the easy way, right? Doing what comes naturally to me instead of sacrificing my comfort and ease and and going outside of that to love you in the way that you need to be loved. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that episode again, that's 522. It's called Love Language. It honestly unlocked so many couples in the Mm -hmm. one family. It was amazing when that one came out and sort of goes hand in hand with this acts of love here because of how we sacrificially 
love our spouse in their love language, Mm -hmm. not in ours. And so these two go sort of hand in hand. So make sure you listen to that one as well. And you know, the truth of the matter is, is that by nature, we're all pretty selfish people. You may not want to own that, but I will tell you, it comes out in little ways in your marriage. Oh, sure. It's the little things. And I've had the mindset over the years that I'm entitled to what I want and when I want it and how I want it. I mean, that's just, it's shown up in our marriage. I'm just, I put it out there because y'all need to know that I am not the perfect wife to Tony all the time. I would agree with that. Good. I was hoping you weren't going to disagree because <laughs> then I was going to have to like really fight for that point. No, um, I, I would agree. with, and, and I even see this, gosh, I mean, selfish ways. To me, I, I remember a time being on my bike more than being with Elisa or the family. Like th- this was that selfish urge of my own. And I, I pretty much ponded off to being like, Hey, I'm healthy. I'm staying fit. I'm doing all these things, which you get a lot of accolades for. And especially mm-hmm. when you're, when you're out there doing ultra endurance cycling, like I was hundred miles, anywhere from hundred to 200 mile rides. Um, and yet that was selfish. It was all about me. And, and as I stepped away from the bike though, and I've realized, wow, how much that took away from Elisa and from the kids, mm-hmm. you know, what does it look like? to have sacrificial love. And, and it's a tough place to be. Believe me, I, I vasculate in between those times of like, I want this for me to, I'm going to pass on that because I want to provide for my wife. I want her, I want to, I want to give her something or I want to do something for her that lets her know that I'm here for her. Well, and as you're saying that you're just that, that flip between being like self-minded and being marriage-minded. I had another coaching client where the husband said, you know, was talking about protection within the marriage. And he said, you know, for years I've been in this self-protective mode, mm-hmm. right? I have to protect myself. I have to, I have to take care of myself. I have to have walls and armor and all of these things around myself. And they're moving into a place where he's even being aware of how do I protect the marriage? Wow. Right. So it's not that shift from self-focused to marriage. I think focused. that is beautiful. That is, that is a beautiful representation of what does happen because if you look at Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6 is all talking about putting on the armor, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to put on the armor of God. And a lot of that is I'm going to put it on because I'm going to make sure that I have the, the breastplate on, I have the helmet, I have the sword. And yet what you've just described is something so beautiful in a marriage is you no know, we're putting that on together mm-hmm. like that. That's going on together because we are fighting as a team against everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting. We shared last week, um, about the book called the love, right? The devotional that I wrote. And really as we're in this show and this idea of acts of love, that that's where the title came from, mm-hmm. right? That we're called to love the people in our world specifically the people that we have said I do to. Mm-hmm. And it, it was this huge revelation that, that throughout the Gospels, virtually every encounter that Jesus had was about, was teaching us how to love and how to love well. Mm-hmm. And yet so often, and, and this was my big revelation even when I was writing the book, so often we're like, oh, those are the words of Jesus. That's, that's like for all the relationships outside of our home. 
right? That's, that's for the person that, you know, is the homeless man on the, on the sidewalk downtown or, you know, the coworker that sits in the cubicle next to me, like, you know, I should, you know, treat them this way or this. And we don't ever stop to think, wait a minute, what if I bring those words into my own marriage? What if I take that attitude, that posture that Jesus continuously takes and brings it into, and you bring it into your marriage? Right. I will tell you, there have been many instances, and if you haven't picked up Call to Love, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash call to love. I think Tony's also going to put a link in the in the show notes. Yep. Awesome. But I will tell you that, that this idea of being called to love, of, of living out a sacrificial love, sometimes it can seem impossible. And sometimes your spouse doesn't even know you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Th- there was a very key time in our lives. In December of 2004, I was 17 weeks pregnant with our second son and my water broke and everybody, doctors, nurses, uh, NICU doctors, everybody was saying, you need to abort this baby. And I was like, well, he's still waving to y'all every time you do an ultrasound. So guess what? We're not aborting him. My life, you know, if my life goes into the place of being in danger, then we'll make some, we'll make some decisions, Hmm. but you're not, I'm not. I'm not receiving this idea of aborting my son, aborting our son. And so I went into this very internal self-protective. I had to, I I was fighting for two lives Mm -hmm. at that point in time. But what I didn't know was that in all of this, Tony had literally put this emotional bubble around me because family were coming to, you know, we told people, you know, we had people praying for us and all this kind of stuff. And people were coming to Tony and saying, well, why is she being, you know, why is she being this way? Why is she being stubborn? Why is she doing this? And I did not know that I was in this bubble of sacrificial love of, of that shield until years later and, and had to receive all of that love literally at once. I mean, I remember those conversations. I'm like, you did what? Mm-hmm. But it's not just, it's not just being on the receiving end. Sometimes you have to be on the giving end. Right. We've shared throughout the years that there have been times when Tony, you know, years, I mean, this was like probably what in the first four years of our marriage when you go on those business trips, six years. Gosh, no, the first three years, first three years. Okay. Yeah. It's been so long that, but Tony would travel, right? He would, Mm -hmm. he would go to the East coast for business and while on business trips, you know, he'd find himself in bars Mm -hmm. and not doing the most, you know, appropriate actions. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was a very, disruptive time in our marriage. Mm-hmm. I was young. I was honestly not in my right mind. I think most of the times being at bars, mm-hmm. drinking a little too much. And I would be at bars going, you know, and I'm here with other buddies. They're not married. They're picking up on women. I'm like, well, what's it going to, what's it going to hurt? Elisa's in California. I'm here on the East coast. Nobody's going to know. And the fact is, is that like I, I've told every coaching client and I've said for years and years on the show, the truth always comes out. It does. And when the truth came out in our marriage, I had to make a decision to sacrificially love and choose to trust Tony again, despite the feelings that were raging inside of me. And, and, you know, there's this passage in the Bible, it's Luke 23, 34, and Jesus is hanging on the cross and he cries out to God and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh And, you know, it's a passage that gets, I, I think often gets read quickly. And yet it's such a powerful, like when we look at this idea around acts of love, it's such a powerful statement because we talk about doing things in the name of love, but we often put conditions on that. As long as I don't get hurt, as long as you, you know, do everything right. You protect me. 
Um, you, you provide a home, this, that, whatever it may be. Yeah. We will put those, we'll put those stipulations around the love that we want. Right. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. I'm going to, I'm going to pull my love back. Right. Because we lost the house or you didn't, you didn't secure this or this didn't happen or that dream we had together didn't come to fruition in the time that we expected it to come to. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this idea of stepping out of, and, and I mean, let's face it, we all live in the me selfie culture, right? It's all about me. It's stepping out of that place and saying, wait a minute, will, will I choose to love you? Will I choose you before I choose me? Will I love you more than I, myself? Will I be in this place where, you know what? Yeah, maybe you didn't fully understand the consequences of your actions. And I will tell you, I've had this conversation around infidelity. I've had it around bankruptcy. I've had it around broken trust of emotional of everything. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. You think your spouse knows what they're doing, right? They made the choice, but the long-term consequences of any choice, not a single one of us knows when we make that choice. And so can you choose to love when everything inside of you is saying, stop loving? Can you choose to love when it's hard? Will you choose to act out out of love or will you choose to act out of your emotions and all of that turmoil? And, and let me tell you, we have gotten this wrong. And, and there are still days, you know, 23 years into this thing called marriage that we get this wrong. But what are you being led by? Are you being led by this idea of love that, that you would do anything for the other person? Are you being led by this idea of saying, you know, I'm going to forgive even when it seems really hard to, even when the world is telling me, don't forgive. Will you allow yourself to be transformed or will you become, which is so often what happens, will you become this really bitter, cranky, angry person who has nothing but yuck coming out of their mouth? And I think we have to remember love is a verb. It's a, it's an action. We, we really place it so much onto the feelings and the emotion side of things. And that's where a lot of times in our marriages, we get, we, we get, we falter in our acts of love because it's a feeling. And so I don't feel like it now because I've been hurt or something has gone awry that has shaken our core. And yet, are you willing to step out in faith and show it mm-hmm. acts of love and love being a verb is something that we do. And if we don't do it, it can wither away. And I, and I feel like we've lost that about love. Mm. We, it, the, the butterflies that I had for Elisa 25 years ago when we first met, I will tell you, don't show up that often anymore. So if I was basing my love on those 25-year-old butterflies that I had when I first met her, we would be dead. We would be so dead. Because butterflies don't live that long. They don't. They don't. And, and yet there, there came a point where I had to make the choice to love Elisa. Like actively go out and love her. And again, that's where the love language episode comes in a bit because I had to know where, where, how she wanted to be loved. Mm-hmm. And then being able to go, okay, let me make sure that I do that so she feels that. So that way our marriage could grow. Right. And you know, it's so funny because you're using that butterfly analogy. I'm thinking, yeah, butterflies don't last very long. I want us to be like, like the 500 year old tortoise 
<laughs> Maybe not 500 years. But, yeah, but, but nobody's like walking around going, man, I feel this tortoise about my spouse. Like I, there's this tortoise moving in me. Like nobody's doing that. Like that would be so weird. Right. But, but you, <laughs> you, know, you would look at somebody weird. You'd be like, what? What are you talking I about? I have, I have tortoise inside me. Yeah. Yeah, it, totally an aside, but it was the whole <laughs> butterfly, you know, 25 year old butterfly thing that, that got me I mean, me there are things of, you know, butterfly kisses and things of that, you know, when, when you do it with your, with your eyelashes and, but I'm just saying, are, are you only seeing love as a feeling mm. or are you taking it as a verb and an action? And throughout the word, Jesus, when he spoke, love it was there was action behind it always. there was always action behind it i've been i've been doing a study personally that i'm only reading the red the red letters of jesus and i'm just going through the new testament and i just read the red letters that's it the red words and i just go through it i don't let anything else come in and i'm just reading his words and everything he did was out of love but there was action behind it the, the, the crippled person with, with that with the hand. The withered hand. He, he said, stretch out your hand. And it, it was in the stretching of the man's hand that it opened up and it was healed. He, the man had to move his hand mm-hmm. to do that. The lepers, they had to go. Like they had to go and, and walk to, to get their miracle. The, the blind man... You know, he had to wash his face. Mm-hmm. It was time after time, even with the disciples, you know, when they had very little faith and even knew if this guy was the Messiah, he said, go out and go put your nets down. And they're like, no, no, no. We've been out all night. And he's like, no, go out. And they caught so much. They they they, they almost sank the boat. But every every time... Somebody had to do something. And I think in our marriage, I don't feel like it. And so we don't do anything. And we're wondering why our marriage isn't moving mm-hmm. and what's happening. And, and, and our faith gets rocked and our belief gets rocked. And we're going, yeah, that's, that's not it. And, and believe me, I, my, my, my faith gets stretched daily. My, 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 my belief gets stretched. And every time I take those steps and I'm like, okay. It's growing and I'm growing and, and my, my faith gets filled up and I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I can love like this. I can do that, you, you know, it, but it's me moving, not just sitting back, hoping and praying that the miracle is going to come. I have to walk that. Well, and I've often said on the show, um, sometimes you got to walk out, you know, you got to walk out your miracle, right? But how do you love this way? Right. That's the question. So let's tackle that together after we tell you more about this week's sponsor. And that's the one conference. And the one family is all about community. Whether you guys are sharing the daily quote on Instagram, forwarding the podcast to your friends, or you're in the Facebook group as a summit partner in the position of the month club, family matters. And one of the things that all great families do is that they spend time together. And that's exactly what happens at the One Marriage Conferences. We bring you the best of what we do, strategies, tips, and practical application, all wrapped up with a lot of fun and laughter. And you walk away with the tools to make your marriage even more extraordinary. We're beginning to fill the 2020 calendar with dates. And the 2020 theme is Dream Again. And we've got some incredibly fun things planned for all the conferences. So be in the know of all things live and in person. Go to oneliveevents.com. Don't miss out on spending time with the one family. Go to oneliveevents.com. 
so as, as we're tackling this idea of how do you love, how do you actively love? I want you to take a minute and think about, you know, these two questions. Do I love my spouse with a sacrificial love? One that conveys to them that I would do anything, right? That, that there's nothing too big that they can't ask me. Or do I live, love with a conditional love? One that says that my love is based on, on our circumstances or, or on, on their performance. You have to be clear in your head. And let me be clear between you and I, we all have some of the conditional love mm-hmm. in how we love our spouses. That's called human nature. We're just looking at which way does the scale mostly tip? Yeah, we're, we're not perfect. Not a single person living listening to this show is 100% unconditional love. You're not. You're human. You got a little selfishness in you. And we have to be willing to say if, if that scale, right, if you're like unconditional versus conditional, if you're a little bit more on the conditional side, what is it going to take for you to shift to the unconditional side? And, and here's how that plays out. It's making those choices that you let go of the things that need to be let go of. That you look at your spouse as a person who is actually your gift. And you love them as a gift that is cherished and valued. And I will tell you that as you start to make these choices, as you get help for the areas that, where you need help, you're going to see a shift in your marriage. Tony and I were out walking the other day and we were having a conversation about the early years and, you know, those of you that have been longtime listeners, you've heard a lot about the early years on this show. We were talking about the mistakes that we've made, the challenges that we faced. And Mm -hmm. it was so interesting because even though we're talking about all this yuck, that that if we just sat down and had a conversation with somebody, they're like, oh my gosh, like how the heck are you two still together? None of those things have power anymore in our marriage. There's no emotion. They're they're facts. It's truth. It's definitely truth and facts, and yet it doesn't have a hold emotionally on us that sends us into a tailspin. Mm -hmm. And and that's because we've chosen to act out our love. We've chosen to make different choices. We have a lot of times we don't get it right, but we choose to learn from those mistakes. And we choose to say, you know, how can I love you better? Mm -hmm. How can I love you in the way that you need to be loved? What are those actions that I need to take? And and some of you may be in this place where you're like, I just need actions. Mm -hmm. Like, give me, give me all the actions that you can give me. And if that's you, I would strongly encourage you to pick up the love dare book. It is, it's a game changer for couples in terms of what are those like all consuming unconditional love actions. And we'll put a link to that book. Mm-hmm. We can put a link to that in the show notes. We will put a link to that. And I would say, you know what? Set yourselves up. Be ready to to go through a period where if you go through that Love Dare book, that you may not want to do some of those things. And and, and go through that and write down why. why? What, what, what's stopping me? Why, why am I holding back? Share those. You know, get right. You know, figure it out. Like, what's holding me back? What's the conditional love I have on our marriage that's stopping us from having the extraordinary? But each day you'll walk through that. And and I'm telling you, it's one of those pieces where together you'll see breakthrough. And sometimes I want to say, because right now we're going through the 30-day sex challenge with a group of folks in, in the one family. And I will say, there are times when things are happening and they're, they're like, oh, it didn't work out right. It's okay. 
We didn't have sex today. It's okay. What do you learn from this? Mm -hmm. What are your strategies? How are you guys going to set yourselves up for success when you come against those roadblocks? Same thing here. And so as you begin to look at this and acts of love and how you can love sacrificially, what are you going to do? You got a choice. You know, are you going to allow the word love only be an emotion, a feeling that's going to sway you with every, every breeze that comes? Are you going to take a stand and, and know that love is a verb and you're going to take action in it and take that step of faith. You know, we're believing for you guys because we know when you do that, the walls are going to come down, you know, that the waves are going to be calm. There's going to be, there's going to be some amazing things that are going to begin to happen in your lives and in your marriage. We're truly blessed and honored to do life with you guys really each and every week. So next week, this was the final part in our, in our series, walking our faith. Join us next week when we start our new series. Let's talk about sex. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.